Welcome to the Future of What. I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. On today's episode, we continue our discussion of the Be the Change study with the CEO of TuneCore, Andrea Gleason. It's all coming up on the Future of What. Can I have a taste of your ice cream? My guest today is Andrea Gleason. She is the CEO of TuneCore. Andrea, welcome back to the Future of What? Thank you so much for having me on, Portia. Yeah, I'm so happy to talk to you. So we are doing sort of a couple of different things around the Be the Change study, which you guys sponsored. And we've already spoken to Matt Yaji at Luminate about, you know, some of the methodology, some of the reasons behind doing this, some of the findings. And so one thing I really wanted to talk to you specifically about is, you know, you as a female CEO of a major music company, you know, why was this important for you personally to, to, to want to be involved with? Yeah. So, you know, a little background on me is I actually don't come from the music industry. I started my career for and spent over a decade in retail and e-commerce where there's women at all levels of organizations. And so when I came over to TuneCore, uh, which was kind of a new, totally new business for me. You know, you just spend time learning about who are your artists, you know, what makes up the business, et cetera. And it was really, really striking to me that at the time, only 28% of our artists were women. And then, you know, even to add to that, over the course of uh, several years when we were, you know, optimizing our marketing campaigns, Something that we would do is obviously like do segmentation with our marketing. And I, when I first started at TuneCore, I actually ran the marketing just for a, additional context. And we found that the conversion rates from ads to men were just so much higher than the ones for women. So we would I've just constantly seen this this difference in how women on an open platform like TuneCore were were just not releasing music when there's no gatekeeper there. Because mm. uh, on one hand, you know, one could argue that, you know, in top charting music, we, we all see the studies from like Annenberg and there, there's others that shows in top charting music what percentage of that music it comes from uh, creators that are women. And we know that it, it, it definitely is below the U.S. population. I think Annenberg's study showed this year it was at 30% for, for total artists. You know, but there there's gatekeepers. But you would see the same exact thing, you know, at a platform like TuneCore where there is no gatekeeper. So that just really showed there's an underlying issue there. I didn't get a chance to really work on it until fast forward 2020, uh, 2020 when I started working for my boss, uh, Dennis Latigallery, who um, runs Believe um, and is TuneCore's parent company. And he gave me the OKR to start working on gender parity in the music industry and then within our company, which I've been dying to work on. And, <laughs> you know, essentially when, you know, as any any good business person does, you, you want to tackle a problem you're looking for, well, you know, what's the data around the best places to start? 
And there were a lot of studies about what the gap was, but not why it was happening, mm-hmm. which really uh, showed us that there was this need for a, a study to really answer that question. And so first two years, we actually did the study with Midia, and then this last year we did it with Luminate, and uh, we just essentially wanted to answer that question, which is, why is this happening in the music industry? Right, absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, some of the takeaways that we spoke with Matt about, you know, we, we spoke about the takeaways, but I think the end at the end of the day, you know, it's called the Be the Change study because we, we want to be part of the change. We want to actively be the change. And I feel like women in our position, you know, as CEOs, presidents, you know, people who are running companies, we have a special obligation to lift others up with us as, you know, as we rise, lift others. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, you know, I definitely felt a noticeable difference when I moved into into my role because people take my calls and right. people want to work together with me on initiatives. And, you know, you I, I take it very seriously that I, I have the role that I have and and can actually make a difference. So for me, it's really very exciting to see just how how there's just so many good peers out there that want to work together and, and, and you know, we can't do this alone. Like, I can't do this by myself. Portia, you can't do this by yourself. It's all about the the collective work that we do together. And the more of us that are willing to step out and use our our positions and roles for good to be able to uh, make inroads and, and use, use the positions that we're in to make that possible is going to be good. Because ultimately, like, let me think about the things that are in my control. In addition to, you know, being able to fund a study like this, like, I can control how we set the hiring practices for my company. I can set, you know, in in addition to that, you know, how we're making sure that we're developing the women in our organization. I can control at TuneCore, essentially making sure that all the initiatives we do that create opportunities for artists, that we're being very thoughtful about the diversity of how we're, we're spreading around the access to those opportunities and giving, you know, stepping stones for maybe underrepresented groups to have even, you know, a a priority in getting some of that access and access to tools and resources where it might be harder for them to have it. So, you know, it's, it's about really walking the walk, not just, you know, doing this study and talking about what we as an industry need to do, but, you know, there's things that are in my control that, that I'm doing for my company and then working with others to, to try to, um, to see, where we can bridge those things and do them together like like Portia, you and I have been doing. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's really important and it's important not to be afraid to do that. I remember, I think I shared this story with you, Portia, last year, which was when I became CEO, the very first initiative right after that announcement that happened was me working with uh, Key Change at ReaperBond. It was like the very first announcement going out was just me working on something related to gender parity. And I had this moment where where I had this thought that, man, I I just was announced, and now the first thing I do is around gender parity. I don't want people to think that the only reason that I got this was because I'm a this this promotion is because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And and immediately as as soon as I had that thought, I pushed it out of my head and said, but if I don't do it, who will? And right. and right. and I just you know I've just plowed forward. Right. And I think it's really important that we have like those moments where we just like don't worry about that. Yeah, like, we cannot worry about those things because ultimately, like, there's if we have like 
ability to to use the our power and you know just position for 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 good to actually solve some of these things or work towards solving them we should do it and don't worry about that and so it was like didn't last very long to have those thoughts in my head but they <laughs> happened and you know i just want to encourage if you if you have those thoughts if you if you're in a role of things that you can make a difference on don't don't worry about those things absolutely and i think also it's really critical to say you know the injustice the discrimination is still operational even when women do get in positions of power when black people do get positions of power the the underlying inequity is still there so you know to to turn around and say like oh i'm not going to do anything for other women because that might look like i'm i'm using my or i only got this because i'm a woman at some point you just have to say listen we have to do the right thing not just you know it's not just about optics it's about you know what is right so i think that's fabulous so yeah do you do you want to talk a little bit about some of the other changes that you feel we really need to make i mean i think it's your story is so interesting coming into the music business from outside with fresh eyes you know i mean what what else do you see that we really need to work on you know at, at the end of the day it starts with executives and companies I think that uh, what you know from from the study when the respondents were asked who can make a difference, the the top two were executives and companies. And if you think about it, okay, you know you're gonna if you start changing the makeup of your organizations at the very top, making sure that the, they have the representation of of the listener population and the artist community, you know you're you're going to be able to make sure that that those artists are better served. And so that's, I think, very step one is like, if you have a board, what is the representation that you have on that board of, you know, what's the diversity there, both across gender, um, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity. I think we need to, we need to be thinking about this holistically. And then, you know, same thing for like leaders, you know, we still have more to go. The Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, there's an executive version of it, and it shows that only 14% of CEOs, uh, chairman, women, president rules are women. And we've seen a lot more women move into leadership roles, which has been really exciting, but we still need, we still have to get more in, in the, those top ranking positions. And that really comes down to the bench strength that you have in your organization right now. I think that in, in executive roles, it's about 35% are women right now. So are you building those learning and development opportunities to help get those women and and uh, you know underrepresented diverse groups to be able to move up into those roles how how are you being more thoughtful with your succession planning and mm-hmm with your development of those individuals because they're capable. They just, they need to, it needs to be deliberate. And, you know, we do this every year, like at, at all levels of the organizations, we sit across, we sit, we sit together with each team, with the leadership of that team, and we do succession planning in pods of leaders where, you know, the VPs all give feedback about their next level down of support and who who is like, 
high potential, high contribution, okay, let's circle our wagons around those individuals and let's put a development plan about like where will they be in the next year, two years, three years, five years. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it takes deliberate work like that to actually make sure that you are helping groom the next generation. And it's good that we're seeing higher participation lower down in the executive teams, but to, to solve for this, I think that that's a really you know, actionable step that organizations can take and be thoughtful about. The other thing that's really, really, really important is to do regular leveling of roles and making sure that you don't have pay gaps you know, among your employees, I think in general, but also especially taking a lens to underrepresented groups because, it, it, you know, in in countries like the UK, they're legally required to look at and report on if they have a pay gap, a gender pay gap. And essentially, when you start looking at, you know, you know, even big companies like Apple, Spotify, and then the, the major record labels there, there are pay gaps and a difference of what women are paid versus men. And it's not easy. It's expensive. And it, it, I, I will tell you, as somebody who has to own my PL, it is not easy to make those transitions. And you may not be able to afford to do it in like one full step. I, For me, it was really important. And we did it all at once. And it, it hurt mm-hmm. that, that first time. <laughs> because it's like, uh, you know, it's like unexpected, you know, uh, you know, expense that you have for existing staff. But you it's, you know, just go as fast as you can. But, you know, go and make a plan for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't allow those inequalities. I mean, you should pay for the same role this within a range and people shouldn't be out of ranges. So invest in, you know, tools to help you with role leveling and then make sure that you're you are bringing people to market, making a plan for that. And women, I think it's it's actually been statistically kind of documented about how women are just not as good for advocating for themselves in the recruiting process. You know, they tend to just accept what they're given instead of negotiating a bit. And often, like, women will just take the, the you know, they don't know what to ask. You know, you're asked, well, hey, what, what are you looking for? And, you know, they'll give out a number. And if it's out of the range, like, some companies will just be like, okay, well, that's what they're willing to, that's what they'll come over for. Great. And it's, like, below mm, the range. But yeah. don't do that. Like, just because somebody is saying, you know, say your range for a particular role is between 100 and 120 k depending on their level of experience and, you know, expertise, et cetera, you'll fall within that range. But this person comes in, they, they just say, I am just looking for $80,000. do not do that. I know it sounds like, oh, I'm right. going to have a savings here and great. But, like... You know, and and that can be very tempting as a manager when you're trying to kind of like, you know, work on your P and L and find find savings. But do not save on this. This is not the place to save. There are other places to save. Pay people what they're worth, and what the what the market dictates. And then also like fairly uh, across your organization, regardless of uh, gender, race, uh, ethnicity, and uh, sexual orientation. It's really really important, and you have to you have to make a plan. That's awesome. I'm so glad you said that. I really love you saying, you know, there's other places to save because people are worth it. Pay people what they're worth. You know, that's so, I, I have a thing. That's so true. Yeah. Something I tell I tell my I tell people all the time, like, and I say this, I just had my uh, my quarterly uh, company-wide meeting and, and my team knows this, is I believe in the following priority. 
Uh, it, it's actually uh, from, um, there's a really good book called The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horwitz. And he, he says, you should, as you prioritize your prioritization, it's all about the people, the products, and the profits in that order. Mm. And I so stand by that because if you if you invest in your teams, if you, you know, show them that you care about them, if you show them, explain to them why you're working on the things you're doing so they understand and they can buy in and they feel valued and can contribute to to that vision, they will give 200 percent. But they need to feel like that for that contribution that they give, they're fairly paid. And you're not going to have a good employee if they feel like they are not paid what they're worth under market. You're not actually going to be getting that savings, actually. You're you're probably right. like, you know, they'll show up to work and they'll do the job, but they won't do the job. Um, right. it's, it's really, really important. And you've got to prioritize your people above everything else. And you've got to think about, um, in fact, Flip it, flip this around because actually, like, there's actually a really, really good um, study that McKinsey does, and they uh, they actually look at what the effect is of how diverse your team is on how it, it makes you more competitive, mm. and what they find is that the more diverse your team is, the more likely you are to outperform your less diverse peers. So if you're, if the top leadership, you know, at your organization has a lot of women, they tend to perform their less diverse counterparts uh, and peers by 25%. And the more, if you have uh, racial and ethnic diversity, it's you, you outperform them by 35%. So Hmm. the savings you think you're doing, (laughs) you know, um, is actually like near-term savings, long-term loss. Right. Right. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, Andrea Gleason, I appreciate you for all you do. And thank you so much for uh, sponsoring the Be The Change study and being the change in your own life and professional career. So uh, thank you so much for being with me today on The Future of What? Thank you so much for having me, Portia. And that's our show. Our theme song is Mind Your Own Business by The Delta Five and is played by permission. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Today's show was engineered by Masuzu Ainaga at Relationary Marketing in Nashville and was produced by Dana Rogers and Henrik Bick. I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. See you next time.